0: God is love, and love is God. Humans were born to love. Love is unconditional. Love is suffering. What is love? I think this could be one of the million-dollar questions out there. I think our perception of love is influenced by many things at an early age, including the cartoons we grew up watching, where someone is always fighting to win the girl's heart. Think Beauty and the Beast, or Snow White. Our home environment always plays a huge role on how we perceive love today. Some homes hold space for unconditional love. Love is flowing in their home, while other homes are not as fortunate. This, by default, affects our perception of love because we learn so much about life at home. How our parents give each other space for authenticity, to be heard, respect boundaries, and so on. People may say, Habibti, and al-Arab, but I disagree. Boundaries and authenticity are not practiced in all homes, but a generation ago, A small percentage did. And I truly believe that the world is shifting and people are choosing more awareness and self-development. And with that being on the rise, we will experience a larger percentage of happier people. Am I being too optimistic? Maybe time will tell. See, I'm a big fan of love. Those who follow my episodes know that I loved a number of times and each time was different. I may be giving attention to other important aspects of my life while consciously pausing my love life right now, but nonetheless, I love love. I love hearing about women and men falling in love, whether it's with the same or opposite gender, or falling in love with a new passion in life. If it comes from the heart, then I love hearing about it. However. I would not give the time of the day, for example, to someone's flavor of the month. Seriously, if someone's to ever talk to me about halal or haram, my only opinion about this is that if you're playing someone or wasting their time, then had haram. Sin differs from one person to another, and I'm not here to judge or change someone's mind. Please remember that. But in love, if you're consciously hurting someone, then that's a sin in my opinion. Not the gender of the person you fall in love with. To me, this detail is really irrelevant in the story. Why? Because we are social creatures made for love. And in some cases, we were made out of love. And that chemistry between two people is love. Love gharize in us, which means we can't choose who we fall in love with, but we sure as hell can choose how we treat them and honor them. Love has many cycles. I'm aware that there are tons of books out there that describe the different stages of love. I honestly didn't read any of these textbooks, but I did study the cycle of human perception of love and the psychology of sex, and I had an aha moment. I used to always associate hard luck with love. When I'd meet someone, I would by default imagine three stages of our romance by the first month. I had zero awareness that daydreaming and obsessing meant manifesting and creating my future environment. Stage one of my imagination, the chase, because obviously I was only interested in someone who made me work for their attention. Stage two, I would create the perfect partner, which I now know does not exist. So by default, I would set them up for failure. But I also subconsciously knew that something very soon would go really wrong. Because in almost all love stories, something goes wrong, sah? Which would lead to stage three, the big dramatic breakup, where I subconsciously anyway manifested my lack of worthiness in stage one by doing the whole chase and then pinning perfection on someone else. The interesting and relieving thing is that this cycle is very common with women and men. But I grew out of the cycle, I did realize how important our surrounding is and how we perceive love at home and in the stories we hear and the people around us. Hence, protecting our environment is very important because something harmful to us can soon become our new norm, such as normalizing an abusive partnership because it's something we got used to growing up. So what are the stages of love and the psychology of sex? It starts with initial impressions to friendship, then moving to a more intense and complex and mysterious state of love. And if love endures all that, then we move into temporary passionate love, which usually mellows in about two to three months. And it turns into lingering companionate love, which is a deep affectionate attachment we feel For those with whom our lives are intertwined. As we know it. But I choose a life story. Not a love story. Someone to have a healthy sex life with. Have adventures with and travel. Food tasting. Moving houses together. Someone to grow older with physically, mentally. And hopefully spiritually if we're lucky. While a life together means celebrating life. It also means burying loved ones, bad omar tawil, grandparents, parents, aunts and uncles, and maybe cousins and friends. I, I think I know what you're thinking. <laughs> so what is love? I would say vulnerability, it triggers me. I become jealous and extra sensitive with expectations for my significant other, which is not fair to them. I've never had a healthy relationship, it doesn't mean I won't have one. I personally would be interested to know how I would behave bad kul ilm with meditation and the readings and the studyings and the podcast. But this is also something that time will tell. I was in Amman for the Eid break, and I visited my friend in my favorite area, Bijab al-Aman, in in al Wabde. Her landlord is almost 80 years old, a Christian-Palestinian man who speaks fluent English and Arabic. He has no problem going up three floors above him to have his morning coffee with her. He brings a Turkish coffee, of course, with him, and he is actively hands-on in maintenance and tenants' needs in what I believe are five out of seven occupied apartments in his building. It's pretty amazing, right? I mean, when my Uber drops me off to her house, I literally dread climbing those stairs, let alone reaching her doorsteps out of breath with my heart beating so fast against my ribcage. But I was surprised to know that there was more to her landlord than his physical stamina. This man, he lived a life story with his love, his wife, or as he calls her, Habibat Omri and I hope I can portray what little I know of their story in this episode. He's been married to his wife for over 40 years. I'm not sure where they met, but I feel by the way he looks at her that they share the kind of love story that people only read about. She was diagnosed with Alzheimer's years ago. This meant that she requires special attention and care. Part of her home therapy is for her to walk every day for one hour, day or night, cold weather or warm weather, COVID lockdown or otherwise, she needs to get her daily one-hour walk. And surely every day, no matter where he is, at the airport road or on the other side of he makes sure to stop whatever he's doing and let everybody know that. And he goes back home to his sweetheart, helps her get ready and takes her for their daily walk, holding her hand. Every morning, afternoon, and evening, he squeezes fresh orange juice for her. I found out it's not always orange juice, but that's usually on the menu. But three times a day, her juice comes to her fresh. He bathes her, helps her dress, walks her, and honors her. And when my friend commented to him on his incredible commitment, he responded, open quotes, She looked after me for 40 years. Now it's my turn to look after her. Close coats. During the COVID lockdown, he would walk her up and down the stairs of their building for one whole hour, five floors up and five floors down, making the routine as entertaining and motivating as possible for her for three months during the lockdown without fail. The night my friend told me the story, I was watching him take his wife's arm and walk her in front of their building. He smiled at us both. I had met him a few times, so he knew who I was. And on their way back from their walk, my friend and I were still downstairs, and he invited us up for a cup of coffee, which we respectfully declined. It was almost 9 p.m. It was too late for a coffee. And it was also time to go home. I don't know more details of their story, but I do plan on asking him if I can interview him the next time I'm in Amman. But also another story a friend of me, a friend of mine, sorry, told me during a Zoom call a few nights ago. It's about a couple she knew in Ladiyah. Ladiyah is a city in Syria. They were high school sweethearts, the entire area that they lived in knew about their love story. But the young man's mother apparently did not approve of his high school sweetheart. And ala that he will not marry her. Basically in English. Marrying his high school sweetheart was over her dead body. So, for almost four decades after graduation, neither of the couple got married because marrying someone else of them was unthinkable. In fact, he loved her so much that for four decades, he didn't lay a hand on another woman and she didn't touch another man. To protect her, he apparently kept his distance from her, just to avoid talk in town. None of them during that point in time even thought of being with someone else. I think that is incredible, unheard of, especially since men are known to have a stronger need for sexual intimacy. His mother eventually died and on her 40th day post her death, he took his high school sweetheart to church to marry her. It wasn't a planned wedding. He barely told anyone. It was only meant to be a ceremony to legalize their marriage, but because the entire area that they grew up and knew of their love story and the decades they, that they lived without each other and they witnessed the pain that they went through, they all showed up to celebrate their union in church and they all laughed and cried with them. <sighs> These stories, they're so much more than a love story. They're a life story. And if I were to choose between a love story or a life story, I want what they have. What would you choose? Thank you for hanging out with me. I'll see you all next time.